0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Sunday, November the 28th, 2021. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to discuss a very nice five-game NBA slate for this Sunday. So exciting stuff because all five games are in play. Uh, The sites are, are doing things a little differently. Today we've got DraftKings is doing an early two-game slate and then a late three-game slate, whereas Yahoo and FanDuel are doing a main slate four-gamer, not including the early afternoon Golden State Clippers game. So we are going to go over all five uh, games, and we're also providing for both slates on DraftKings and the main slate on Yahoo and FanDuel. So we would love to have you. DFSCoachTalk.com. That's where you can find our special rates. You'll see them scrolling at the bottom. Uh, We have some Black Friday through Cyber Monday, which is tomorrow. Uh, We have some special deals, the best uh, that we've offered throughout the year. There are some packages with $1 a day, DFS, and $2 a day. Uh, Check out uh, those right on our website just go to uh, DFSCoachTalk.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, please take a second, hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, give a little comment, question. That would really be greatly appreciated. And hit the little bell button in the upper corner there. That alert button will let you know when any of our podcasts post. We've got uh, podcasts every day in the NBA, uh, multiple podcasts weekly in the NFL. and. Uh, As soon as the first of the year rolls around, our PGA podcasts, and then after that, MLB podcasts will be in place. So you want to hit that alert button uh, whenever any of our uh, pods are premiering or uh, being put up there. So uh, we appreciate that. All right, let's dive into this right off the bat. We've had some incredible, exciting games. You know, we had some big takedowns the night before last. And we want to keep that type of momentum going uh, and really get after it. And, you know, I love, I always mention it, but I love Sunday's NBA because everybody's playing NFL and those that, you know, wander into NBA, it just creates a little bit better pools, a little bit uh, not as stiff a competition as we see during the week and on Saturday. So Sunday is a great day to play NBA DFS. So let's figure out how we're going to take down all these slates here. First game of the day is 3.30 p.m. Eastern. It's the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Clippers. Golden State is favored by three. It's a 2.16 over under. 109.5 implied for Golden State. 106.5 for the L.A. Clippers. Golden State comes in with that phenomenal record of 17-2. and Clippers are 11-8. and eight. And as far as injuries, we have uh, Moses Moody, questionable for the Warriors. So he's been out a bit. That'd be a good return. But they're still missing Iguodala, Lee, Thompson, and Weissman. For the Clippers, three guys out. Batum, Kawhi Leonard, and Preston. So we've got uh, pretty much what we expected there. And uh, let's talk about this statistically speaking, because Golden State's numbers just keep on getting better, and uh, really hard to believe how how strong of a team they are. But as far as pace goes, they're fourth, and the Clippers are sixth. So that's that's big time good news. But on the other side here in a minute, we'll give you the ultimate bad news. So this is a game you really got to scratch your head and look at. Golden State is the number 1 offensive efficient team in the entire league. Clippers only 23rd. They've had some rough games, you know, with No Kwai in there this year. Sometimes the, you know, it's uh, all or nothing with with uh who my uh, Paul George. So Paul George at times, you know, he's phenomenal and he is getting massive usage, but you know, sometimes if he's off or the defensive matchup isn't conducive, uh, the Clippers can uh, struggle. Uh, As far as that bad news goes, guess who the top two teams are in defensive efficiency in the National Basketball Association? That would be Golden State and the Clippers. So yes, their pace is terrific. Uh, There's some offensive efficiency from the Golden State side, but you've got two strong defensive teams. So it does put you in a quandary here. You know, 216 is that even number three of the games are right around that. There's one high game and one low game. Uh, but, you know, as ex- far as exposure for this game goes, uh, again, on DraftKings specifically, um, you know, you've got some different looks here. You've got, do you want to go to Steph uh, at 11K? Certainly an option. Uh, pull at 6-5 and Wiggins at 6-7. They've had games where they've really shined, same thing with Draymond at 6-9. But now you've got, you know, three guys from 6-5 to 6-9 and against the number two defense in the league. So that is a little bit troublesome. The bench wouldn't go there. It is supposed to be a close game. So, you know, a Curry pull Wiggins green, if you know, pulling one of those guys out of there is probably uh, not a bad idea. Let's look at the matchups, though, on the other side. Reggie Jackson at 5'7", Eric Bledsoe at 5'1". You know, you could consider more so Reggie for me because, um, the the you know, as great as the defense is for Golden State number one in the league, uh, they do have some deficiencies in the backcourt defensively at times. Paul George, you know, he's going to get hounded by Wiggins. Uh, Wiggins has really improved defensively, you know. But George is an option at nine-nine. I mean, I would not fault anybody if they wanted to go Curry and George here. So it's literally, literally that much uh, of a, a spread of what you can do in this game. For me, I'm you know, looking more at a, a Wiggins and Jackson type of thing, more mid-level as part of that build. Uh, but that's something that we're going to work on. Um, after that, not really interested in the bench. Um, I think you know you've got enough rotation and you know enough healthy guys that both of these teams create a situation that you don't have to go that deep. All right, game two, it's a 5 pm eastern start. so this is another odd time game a bit on a Sunday. It is Milwaukee minus3 against the Indiana Pacers. The totals 217 and a half. Implied for Milwaukee 110.25 and for Indiana 107.25. Milwaukee comes in at 12 and 8. Indiana comes in at 9 and 12. The guys remaining after Milwaukee and Indiana here have been the same guys. DiVincenzo, Lopez, Ogilvy out, TJ Warren out. Everybody else is back though. So you've got your Drew Holliday's Middletons and Giannis. You've got Brogdon. You know, you've got Holiday, Sabonis, Turner. So all the players are in. Statistically speaking here, you've got Milwaukee, the fifth fastest pace, uh, Indiana 14th. Offensive efficiency-wise, Milwaukee's 12th, Indiana 15th. And then pretty decent defenses here. Milwaukee's up to eighth as they've been winning lately. And Indiana 13th, so a little bit over uh you know, uh, halfway point of the association. As far as guys go here, you know, with everybody being back, these were two great teams to attack and play when you had guys like Brogdon out, LaVert out, Holiday out, Middleton out. You know, there were it created situations where the uses went through the roof. But now you've got two teams that share the ball so holiday at 66 6, I think is a really nice price but Brogdon's defense is tough Middleton at 7K also very affordable he's definitely on my list today I'm uh, not sure I'm gonna go up to Giannis at 112 it is more respectable than that crazy 123 he was the other day and it does make you consider him but I you I'm not sure I think I'd rather pay up in another spot on this slate. Uh, Portis is up to six eight, so you know he's been terrific. But when you can get Holiday or Middleton in the same ballpark, makes it a little bit tough. But again, just not racing to spend a ton of money here when you've got that usage and all the guys back playing regular minutes. The same can be said about the Pacers, you know, with Brogdon, Lavert, Sabonis, and Turner specifically, and then. The two other key guys that that shoot the ball a lot for them are Justin Holiday and Chris Duarte. So they're you know they've got weapons, and McConnell will come in and, and create uh, some havoc too. So not slam dunks here, but pricing wise, Brogdon's come down. He's at that mid-level seven three price. Lavert's only 5.2, which is, seems like a super bargain, but his you know he has not been efficient. And he's not been consistent since he's returned. Now he'll have some monster games, but uh, just not racing to that spot. Justin Holiday at three six is just one of your regular old GPP plays. He can have a, a thirty po- real point game or a three real point game. So hard to hard to go with him in cash, but at three six a nice GPP consideration. Uh Sabonis, you know, is always a lot more tempting now that he's at 8-4. I mean, he was at 10-1 and then in the nines quite a while. But at 8-4, uh, he's a reasonable play. The problem is you got Giannis uh, defending the paint, and he's so fantastic uh, in the paint defending. And Bobby Portis does a good job as well. Uh, Miles Turner, much cheaper at six. So, you know, there's potential for him to get to that number. He can easily get to that 30-plus DFS point, so he's in consideration. Don't think I'm going to go to the bench though with McConnell, Duarte, Martin, Craig, uh, the Lamb, even uh, just too many, uh, too much usage to go around. Uh, so not my favorite game here. It's going to be a good game to watch. Uh, maybe one-off here uh, in one direction or the other. All right, game three is the game of the day, and everybody's going to be piling on this game, and rightfully so. It deserves to be. It's the Sacramento Kings and the Memphis Grizzlies. First of all, you have Memphis only favored by one. It's almost a pick game. And then you have a game that's by far the highest total uh, of the night, and it's 224.5. And then the magic number of having both sides over that 110 implied really – has been paying off for me focusing on those kind of games. You've gotten applied for Sacramento of 111.75 and Memphis 112.75. Now, I've been jumping on this Sacramento Kings team ever since they fired Walton and, and hired Gentry because I uh, really felt from past watching Gentry teams, they were going to pick up the speed, pick up the tempo. Fox was going to get out and run. And, man, it's paid off because they have done exactly that. So that's why this game is very interesting to me. Injury-wise, it's, it's, uh, there is massive news here, and it's John Morant is out. So, you know, that's why you see such a tight spread here. Uh, with him out, it just changes the entire complexion, complexion of the game. Um, Sam Merrill is also out for Memphis. Harkless questionable for Sacramento. Barnes is doubtful. That also affects, you know, the shot making on the Sacramento side. And another big one, Rashawn Holmes is out. So, you know, you've got the eight and twelve Kings trying to get off to a better start for Gentry, and then you have the nine and ten Grizzlies uh, trying to scratch and scrape their way uh, back to five hundred. So, is this a game that we can go after statistically? Definitely. You've got Sacramento 3rd and Memphis 8th in pace. So you have two of the top eight pace teams in the league. And then they actually both are decently efficient, 14th and 13th. So mid-level did a little bit better on their offensive efficiency. And then this is the beautiful part. Sacramento's 26th, Memphis 30th. So you've got two really poor defensive efficient teams that have just not gotten it done. So let's take a look at these two sides. Where are we gonna stack up here? How much is too much? You know, can you go two, two, three, two? I mean, there's gonna be a lot of combinations of people having multiple players from this team, these teams. But I don't think it's an absolute layup on who those guys are. I think De'Aaron Fox at eight three. He's been my go-to guy this week, and he's gotten it done. He was in my big Takedowns uh, two nights ago. Halliburton at 6'7", is solid for that mid level build. Um, you know, then you've got a, a mixed bag of tricks after that. With Harkless, who's the dead man three k, but he's questionable. Metu, if he's going to get back in the liner, but three nine. Alex Len got it done for me at seven eight x the other night. He's only three five and can be considered. Um, Buddy Hield has been really good. He's the guy I like I like Fox and Hield. Hield is 6'4", which is very fair. Uh, After that, maybe Davion Mitchell at 3.7, and you can't really trust the rest of that rotation. Uh, I think Gentry's still filtering out how he wants to get that rotation afloat. But I think you can look straight at Fox and Hield right off the bat. Uh, A nice look at Halliburton, and if you want a cheap play, Uh, you know, even a Len or, you know, maybe an outside chance at a METU. Uh, But I'm probably not going to go there other than GPP with him. On the Memphis side, Tyus Jones, I think, I'll tell you, if you've watched him when he's played and look at his numbers, he has been very good. And he hasn't gotten a bunch of minutes because of jaw, but he has stepped up and played tough. I love him at that 4-8 number. He's going to be in most of my lineups today. Uh, Sacramento does not defend well and you got an up pace. So I think he's fully in play. I think Desmond Bain, 5'7, fully in play. The guy that I need to work on throughout uh, this morning and the in the early afternoon, and I'll be posting information about him in Discord, is Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks can be the top scorer fantasy wise in this entire game. He's 6'1, which is fair. But the question is, how many minutes? He came back, he played extended minutes, then he had to sit out again. So, you know, are they going to ease him back? Is You know, if he's on a restrictions, we're not going to take him. If he comes back out and plays mid-30s minutes like he did when he came back uh, this past week, then he's very playable. So I'll be looking through all the information I can find out that in our Discord. Jaron Jackson Jr., 6.5, also a fair mid-level price. You know, all that usage for Morant has to go somewhere. I think it gets shared mainly between Jones, Bain, Brooks, and Jackson. So it puts Jackson in play. Steven Adams, you know, if they're going to go Alex Len on the other side, uh, those two can sort of square off, but they may play both both of the smalls off the bench. Uh, or off the floor. Kyle Anderson, maybe 4-3, not crazy about him. De'Anthony Melton's coming back from injury. He's another guy that could get uh, more extended minutes and usage with draw out, and Melton's only 3-7. So definitely lots of potential in this game. Uh, Probably four, four of my guys that I'm going to roster today will come from this game, and I think you need it. I really do. It's just, it is the best DFS possessions and potential uh, of the night. All right, Game Four: Boston Celtics, Toronto Raptors. Toronto favored by two, two, two oh nine and a half total, one oh three point seven five implied for Boston, one oh five point seven five for the uh, Boston. Uh, is that the Toronto Raptors or Boston? Let me look back. 105.75 is Toronto. The 103.75 is Boston. So we've got uh, Boston coming in at um, 10 and 10, Toronto 9 and 11. So basically in the same boat, both teams scrapping for some positioning uh, in the tough East Conference, which the East Con- Eastern Conference, I think, is just as tough as the Western this year for, or close to it for the first time in a while. Uh, Injuries, you have Jalen Brown questionable. So that's majorly important news that we need. Uh, And then you have Schroeder out and Williams out. So, you know, they potentially could have three starters out, which makes Jason Tatum look like a a monster. And then uh, injury-wise for Toronto, important, important news here. Ananobi and Trent both questionable. And that changes everything in this game. So this is a game. It's a six o'clock game. It's uh, the first game on the three-game DraftKings night slate. It's the second game uh, on the four-game main slate on the uh, on Yahoo and Fandle. So we will have some news on this, but it's imperative that we get it. And then Kem Birch is also uh, going to be out for Toronto. So let's talk about this one. This this game, again, just has a lot of moving parts. Um, for me, I really, you know, it's Tatum's gonna be my favorite pay up guy at 9-9, nine, nine, which if Jalen Brown sits for sure, and Ananobi sits. Ananobi's such a good defender. I think, you know, it would help if he's out for me to feel confident in Tatum being my payup guy. It's not a do or die. I'm going to see how I I want to make that work. But with with some of the key guys out for Boston, um, you know, Schroeder, I mean, there's just so much usage to go around and and Williams as well. Uh, So I think you've got to consider Tatum early on here. Pace wise, just average 17th and 19th for these two teams. Uh, Offensive efficiency, the reason they're both around 500 is just because they've been mid level. Boston 19th, Toronto 11th. And defensively, Boston has improved. They're up to 11th, but Toronto has not. They're 25th. So it does give you some hope for some good scores here. Um, Let's find out the news and make sure that we know uh, what's going to happen in this game. Again, you know, if Jalen Brown, Ananobi, and Trent play or are out, it switches everything. So I'll just do a brief Brief deal here, if Brown's in, I'm not playing Tatum as my pay-up. If Brown's out, I'm playing Tatum as my pay-up. I think there's some interest if you want mid-level build of in Horford at 7-4. His statistics always have improved uh, with Williams. Robert Williams out. Smart at 5-7, can get to value at times. Uh, Fred Van vleet at 8-1. Possibly, but a little bit expensive for me. I prefer the other three guys in the middle here. If they play, Trent's questionable, but he's five six. I do like Scott Scotty Barnes at 6'6. Six, six. And if Ananobi plays with no restrictions at 7-2, he's certainly in play. Uh, not quite gonna go to Siakam at 8-2, Achua, 4-2. And after that, they have some bench guys that are getting in here and there. So totally news dependent, can shift your entire roster and slate. We'll either go up to the guy, the bigger guys, if other guys are out. If not, a couple of mid-level pieces will get it done. All right, game five, here we go. It's a nine thirty game. So we've got a really... A nice little window, three and a half hours between games. So this, you talk about a solo late game, it's going to get a lot of attention. It's this one. You've got a double-digit favorite for the Lakers at 10 and a half. 217 is the total. 103.25 for the Pistons implied and 113.75 for the Los Angeles Lakers. Detroit comes in at 4 and 15 The Lakers below 500, 10 and 11. Shocking there. As far as injuries go, Killian Hayes, Frank Jackson, probable. Kelly Olenek out. For the Lakers, questionable tag on Mr. LeBron James. That's obviously the biggest news of this game. Anthony Davis, probable. Ariza and none out. Statistically, Uh, we've got Detroit 11th in pace Lakers number one playing the fastest pace in the league so that gives a lot of promise here the thing is neither team is doing very much with the ball when they get up the floor Detroit's dead last in offensive efficiency and the Lakers are a horrible 22nd which I mention it all the time but for a veteran team like this to be 22nd in offensive efficiency is shocking. Defensively, nothing to write home about here. Detroit 22nd. Uh, Lakers in the bottom half of the NBA in defense, they're 16th after being in the top three all of last year. So, where do we look at here? Well, it's, you know, if LeBron is out, then Russ and Anthony Davis, one or the other, become almost a must on a five game slate or. Whatever game slate it is between DraftKings, Fandle, and Yahoo, Russ is at 11. Anthony Davis is at 10.8. Uh, if if LeBron plays, it it takes all the wind out of those sails for me. Um, if you know if I can make one of the guys fit, uh, really, I would probably lean towards uh, either Westbrook uh, or LeBron if he's playing without restrictions. Um, Other guys, you know, on the cheap, 3.4K, you know, for DeAndre Jordan, uh, Howard off the bench, 3.3. You know, THT uh, is a fantastic play if LeBron sits. He's 4.7, so he'd make my lineup. But if LeBron plays, it really limits uh, his usage and effectiveness. Now, the big story this game obviously is going to be Isaiah Stewart and LeBron James on the floor again together after that debacle of the cheap shot by James and then Isaiah Stewart losing his marbles and just trying to blow through everybody to get back at LeBron. So what is that going to mean for this game? Is Isaiah Stewart somebody you have to play? He's only 4-4. And you would think if he was ever fired up to play a game, it would be this one. My, My concern is, he is an absolute foul machine, and because he's going to be so hyped and so out of his mind in this game, I'm I'm really terrified he's going to get in foul trouble. So, you know, I, I love the play because it helps salary work with a lot of other guys, and he certainly should be able to get to value at 4-4 with this type of intensity coming in. Does he get thrown out again? I doubt it, but Certainly, you know if somebody bumps him or LeBron bumps it the wrong way, I'm you know we know that he doesn't have exactly you know long fuse here. So very risky, definitely GPP play. I may sneak Isaiah in one cash game just because I'm intrigued to see how intense he'll come out and play. Jeremy Grant had a nice game against them the last time. He fits into if you're built doing a mid-level build at seven one. Um, Kate Cunningham at 7.5, playable, but he gets Avery Bradley defense. Um Killian Hayes at 4K had missed some time, but I'm not digging the the backcourt rotation now with Killian and Frank Jackson and Corey Joseph and Diallo, you know, and Josh Jackson at times. Those it's just too many, too many miles to feed there that I'm not interested. Cunningham, though, at 7-5, maybe. Uh, the most decent play Uh, other than Grant. I think Grant at 7-1 is very fair. And again, Stewart at uh, 4-4. So there's a combination here of the two sides that, you know, I want exposure, but I'm not going to be stacking this game uh, out of the world. So that's really the deal. I think there's some great one-off plays and it's going to be different on every site as you're building lineups with certain games Certainly uh, targeting that Sacramento and Grizzlies game like many people will. And uh, we need news on these other players. You know, Jalen Brown, is he in, is he out? You know, stuff like that. It's imperative that we get that before we finish our build. So that is it, my friends. Easy today. Five games up, five games down. Um, I think we've got some great potential to do well. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, give us a quick comment or question. I'd really, really appreciate that. We do this NBA podcast in front of the paywall uh, seven days a week, so that that would mean a lot. Also, hit that alarm bell up in the corner there. That'll let you know in any of our NBA podcast posts. Jump in. This is the time between Black Friday and Cyber Monday, so it's today and tomorrow, and all those sales end tomorrow. Uh, at the end of the day. And that is, you know, $1 a day DFS. That's pretty much all I have to say. But just go to dfscoachtalk.com and you can see right on there uh, our Black Friday and Cyber Monday specials. All right. Fantastic. Excited today. I know our NFL guys have a full slate of games. Uh, very pumped for all the information they're putting out there. So shout out to Andrew Hansen, Joe Stanton, uh, John Wehausen, Josh Davis, all that teamwork in the NFL, getting that prepared for you for today. I know I'm jumping on it as well. And then your NBA action. So no reason not to have both sides of this uh, and get it done and uh, have some big takedowns. So uh, look forward to catching back up with everybody tomorrow. Uh, We have a great nine game slate on Monday, Uh, five on Tuesday, nine on Wednesday, five on Thursday, nine again on Friday. So it's nine, five, nine, five, nine, nine, five. So it goes back and forth. Um, But that gives you an idea. We'll certainly be on for our full uh, coverage for tomorrow as well. All right. Thank you very much for spending this time on your Sunday morning uh, with me and uh, for the entire Coach Talk team I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. We'll catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in DFS.